Hello and welcome to another episode of Rethinking Rehab with Dr. Shane Smith, licensed physical therapist practicing out of Naples, Florida. In my own practice, Naples Premier Physical Therapy. Um, I've been a physical therapist for about nine years. I've owned this practice for about four and a half and I intentionally started it to try to get around the red tape to deliver the quality of care I wanted to for patients and uh, to live a happier life with less stress. So I'm kind of in the process of doing that now and uh, talking with a patient today, we had a fun conversation regarding care and I don't want to toot my own horn too much at all by saying the statement. It's just me repeating a conversation I had. And this patient is a patient with MS. So she's had multiple sclerosis for multiple decades now. And through her course of rehabilitation slash management of MS, she has come across a lot of physical therapists and gone through a lot of different forms of care in rehab over those years. And she had said to me, you know, Shane, I've gotten so much out of these sessions with you. You're so knowledgeable. You helped me so much. I can't imagine having to go back to one of those other therapists today. I feel so bad for those that can't get quality care like I've been able to receive with you. Once again, I'm not making that statement to make myself look great or sound great. Um, I tend to just make sure that every patient that walks through my doors is my most important patient. I mentally set that up for everyone so that I give them my all every session. I feel that's what I owe them. They are going to take time out of the day. They're going to take money out of their pocket to come see me for what I know. I need to give them my best effort every single time, no matter what. And it started to make me think about what makes a good PT. And this could expand to much more than just physical therapy. You could look at a lot of medical doctors. Uh, with the same criteria, you could look at other professionals outside the medical scope with the same criteria. But because I'm going to stay with what I know, we're going to stick to the physical therapy world. And what are the five factors for a good physical therapist? Well, I think the most important, or at least one of the top five most important, I don't know if I'm necessarily rating these in an order of most to least important, I think they're all equally important, but would be passion. If your physical therapist has no passion for getting people better and figuring out questions that we don't have answers to, leave immediately. You are dealing with someone who is a nine to fiver. Nobody wants therapy or medical advice from a nine to fiver. They are solely there because they have to be. They normally don't like what they do career wise, but it does bring in money for them so they keep doing it. And unfortunately, with physical therapy and other medical degrees, just as an example, when you've expended, for me, seven years of college, as well as countless dollars and more stress and time than I care to think of to achieve this degree, you don't really walk away from it that quickly. You're kind of stupid if you literally spend all that money or a quarter million in debt. You've just given a decade or so of your life to this kind of a practice and you just say the hell with it, I'm not doing it. That's just not a good outcome. So first, you gotta have somebody that has a strong passion for what they do. And, and for me, I think in physical therapy, this is one of the most intriguing indicators on whether you're going to have good results or, or not is how passionate your therapist is to get you where you want to go. So it's not necessarily a passion just for the craft of what they do, but also a passion for getting you the results that you hope to achieve and listen to your goals and always keep those in mind with care. So first is passion. Second, equally important is knowledge. 
that's kind of helped in physical therapy because you got to have a doctorate degree. Now, what I think is more an intriguing characteristic on knowledge isn't necessarily just did you get a degree from college because every single physical therapist that's legally practicing in our country today has some form of education degree in physical therapy. What you may not know is if you had a physical therapist that has been practicing for 30 years, they could only have a bachelor degree in physical therapy. Whereas someone that came out in my era, maybe eight, 12 years ago, you've got to have a doctorate degree in physical therapy. So there's a big skew there in terms of knowledge. What I think is a better indicator to look at, because I don't look at a therapist just because they went to school 20 years ago as being less intelligent or less knowledgeable than I am. I think that's completely naive and stupid to say. But I would look at what knowledge do the therapists want to achieve when it's on their own after their, their, their degree has been achieved. How much continued knowledge do they want to get? If all they have criteria-wise behind their name is physical therapist or doctorate of physical therapy and they have not pursued in multiple years anything else in that, prof in that profession that's going to challenge or improve their knowledge base of what they're doing, they probably don't have much of a passion for it. So there you can see what knowledge has the therapist tried to achieve after getting their initial physical therapy degree gives you insight in knowing what their true passion level for the profession is. The third and equally important of the five is experience. I don't know about you, but I would much rather have a therapist that's got five or six years of experience under their belt that has seen a fair amount of different problems and different solutions and uh, different ways to get around problems to get to solutions as opposed to someone who just graduated and is on a temporary license a month ago. I'm not bashing new grads at all. I was a new grad at one point in time, and I would have absolutely hated hearing a therapist with my knowledge level bashing myself back then because I felt that I knew a good amount coming out of PT school. Um, but experience is something that you just got to get with time. Uh, it was something that really frustrated me when I was in PT school. Uh, the, the, the professors that would teach us manual hands-on techniques. So whether that be trying to, you know, get a, get a joint loosened up or actually cause a thrust manipulation where you get an actual pops and things like that in joints, or if you're just trying to get a feel, is there a problem in this joint or is there a problem elsewhere? They would tell us repeatedly, it's going to take practice, 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 practice. You're going to have to feel a thousand feet before you really know what's normal and what's abnormal. All of that comes with experience. You just got to have it. Um, I do think looking for a therapist that's been practicing for two to three years is an adequate amount of time to have someone that's seen enough out in the field to be able to come up with good solutions for you. You know, because the reality is if I had 10 patients with plantar fasciitis or 10 patients with shoulder impingement, there's probably going to be seven different things I need to do for those treatments of those 10 people, meaning that we're not all cookie cutters, that we all have to do the exact same things. People like different tasks. You have to modify things for those people based on what they want to do, because if you don't get patients to buy in and commit to what they do, what the hell is the point? Um, so that comes to number four, communication skills. This one might be my most valued of these five solely because if you cannot connect on a communication level with your patients, how in the hell do you expect them ever to buy in or commit to what you're telling them? It just doesn't happen. The whole care bundle falls apart 
when you lose confidence, trust in your providing practitioner. Um, the ability to communicate, whether that be information the therapist knows will help fix the problem, or communicating on a level that you can connect with your patient so that you have something more in common with them or something that opens them up a little bit to be more interested in you as a person really, really helps the whole process go on. And what I mean by that, if I had a patient come in for an evaluation and a new first visit, and I ask them solely questions about their problem, their issues, I, I assess them, I tell them all the, what, what the problem is, what this is, I could be way over their head, and we may not have a connection between me and that patient, because it's not all about just diagnostic and the physical therapy treatment. That is a part of it. That is the physical problem you're dealing with. But as anyone that's gone through an injury that requires rehab knows, there's more layers than just the physicality to the injury. There's a lot of mental that goes on with that. There's a lot of psychological apprehension. There's a lot of fear of trauma, of reoccurring problems, fears, things that happened before. And you have to connect with a patient on a different level that allows trust. Unless you can build trust via communication with your patients, you will never ever succeed to the level you hope to. Um, that is something I learned after a couple years in this profession. One of the first questions I'll ask people is, what are you interested in? What's your hobbies? What are the things that you like to do? Because unless I know what they like to do and want to get back to doing, how can I really assess what we're going to do exercise-wise or activity-wise that's going to be bought into? Um, that's communication is all your ability to sell as well. If I can't convince you my knowledge level is a certain level to fill the problems you're having, or that I can't communicate that I've treated successfully this problem many times in the past and I will get you better, you have no confidence from your patient standpoint and your scalability, and that will absolutely ruin not only the patient's experience with physical therapy rehab, but it will also ruin the therapist's outlook on their profession because nobody wants to do what they tell them to do, and they just say, what the hell is the point of this? The fifth and final factor I will give you of what I think makes or is great setups to determine if you've got a great therapist or not is their past life history. Because nothing can reproduce or replicate or fill the void of firsthand life experience. It kind of goes back to PT experience. Um, past life experiences are more related to what wound that individual up to get to this position or to this career. Quick briefly for me, I played football, I played basketball, I was very active in sports growing up in high school and so forth. And by being in training rooms with injuries I experienced, seeing teammates that had collegiate bound uh, aspirations, see them in the training room, some work hard, go on to college, some not work hard, lose college opportunities, how drastically that affected those young athletes' lives absolutely impacted me to want to get everyone I possibly can better so that they can achieve the great things in life they hope to. My past life experiences have set me up to really have a passion for working with certain patient groups and to get people where they want to. If you're dealing with a therapist that has past cycling experience or past swimming experience or past baseball experience and you happen to participate in that same field now and have had an injury in that field, that person is going to probably be pretty knowledgeable not 
only from what they achieved in school, not only from their actual experience working in the field, but by their past life experiences to add to a full picture of how to work with someone like that. They're going to understand. I'll, I'll use runners as a prime example. Good luck as a therapist telling a runner that loves running three to five days a week minimum that they have to take two weeks off from running to get better. That is the hardest damn patient I have had to work with is someone who is an addicted, crazy, almost everyday distance runner. They just will not stop. So you got to learn how to modify things so that they can still do some form of running, some activity like running, but on a lower intensity scale. Um, or you better have damn good communication skills and incorporate your passion, knowledge, and experience with past life experiences of why they have to stop. Otherwise, this is going to result in a worse condition. And unless you get them to buy into something like that, it ain't ever going to go well. Um, so I hope this helps the therapist out there that's wanting to be the better therapist, that's new to the profession or has been in it for a while and is not getting what they hope out of it. I hope the patient or the person out there that's in a different place other than Naples, Florida, because obviously you're down here, you can give me a call, um, that is able to have some ideas of what to look for for a good therapist where they're at. Because I do think those five factors, passion, knowledge, experience, communication skills, and past life experience and history are absolutely vital to great success in the physical therapy field. And for that matter, a lot of other medical and other professional fields as well. I hope you guys enjoyed this quick little podcast today. I had to jump in over lunch when I had a little break to do this. So everyone have a great day. And until next time, stay healthy.